You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast presented by Steel Maggie, episode number two. Again, my new friends, how are you doing this week? I am amazing. It's a flawless day outside in the San Gabriel Valley today, and if the birds weren't loud as hell, then I'd literally be recording this outside. It is just insane, but I can pretend. I am so glad that you've come back for episode two. I am energized to be talking to you today about the role that alcohol has played in my life and how it contributed to a lot of mindset problems for me. It really exacerbated and magnified the effects of bipolar disorder upon my life and my results, ultimately. In 2011, Lady Gaga released a 13-minute video for a song of hers called Marry the Night, which is off of the Born This Way record released earlier the same year. Most of this video consisted of what she titled the Prelude Pathétique, and she had this riveting voiceover to narrate the videography of the prelude. I'd like to start this particular episode discussion with a quote from that narrative. So here it is. It's not that I've been dishonest. It's just that I loathe reality. And I just loved that sentiment immediately when I heard it. Even as a teenager, you know, when I heard it, I like immediately went, oh my God, me. <laughs> I, I just hated real life. Honestly, up until this actual year, you know, here we are in 2019, it was just either boring or shitty or average, just plain, just nothing like I had ever wanted for myself in my head, nothing like I had ever imagined. I could always concoct something much better. The world inside my head was so much more big and beautiful than what was happening right in front of me. Uh, I'd, I'd live every day through the delusion of what I imagined to be better in my head, and most of the time I'd end up believing my own lies. It's not that I was intentionally dishonest. I just subconsciously believed that I deserved better than what the world was currently offering me. I really, that I deserved to have a life of no discomfort, almost as if I expected it to be given to me. And when life continued to show me that it just didn't work like that, there was a huge dissonance, so I very quickly found a way to mitigate the feelings of that dissonance in my own brain. Oh yes, alcohol. I loathed reality, and alcohol made it just so that I wasn't in enough pain to force myself to do the work to figure out why. Drinking uh, made it fun to have a mind made wrong. It made the dysfunction and the desperation and the rage I felt, it made it feel glamorous, almost. 
I began to revel in this space of uh, tragic artistry. I thought I was living poetry, guys. <laughs> Combine that with my love for the dramatic and the theatrical, and I created an identity out of being crazy and wild. And think like a wild sad girl. Let's, let's make up that term right now, wild sad girl. <laughs> this is, if you combine those, that's exactly kind of my ethos, you know, the way I lived. Dumb. It fueled the delusion, and it cost me years. I ruined a number of friendships and relationships. I, you know, engaged in a lot of dangerous behavior, and I'm sure I killed some career opportunities through my usage and the reputation that came from my usage, for sure. Um, so now that my sad, pathetic backstory is out of the way, let's start to talk about alcohol specifically through the lens of the artist. What I'm about to bring up, these are a couple of truths that I deliberately pushed out of my mind when I was in the old frame of thought about being a victim of reality. I refused, plain refused, to make a conscious decision about alcohol's role in my life. And I didn't believe that I had any power to make that choice. I was at the hands of this monster that I created, me, you know, with no way to kill it, <laughs> no way to kill it except letting go of the old way of being that wasn't serving me, then forming and applying a completely new way of being. But um, God knows I was not there yet. <laughs> I didn't yet believe the distinct thought that I could change. I don't think I was even open to the possibility that changing could be beneficial for me. Changing could be something that I wanted. Changing could be better than, I, than what I was doing at the time. Remember, I liked being that old way. I trained my brain through my thoughts and my behavior and my feelings to, to, to like being that way. So there was this tangible reward for my brain in that space. So let me start with number one. Alcohol does not amplify your creativity. I know I will get pushback for this. That is my opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> it's my opinion. It is what I found to be true in my life. But I'm going to go through these with the assumption that we all agree on that. So I'm going to repeat that again. Alcohol does not make you more creative. You may think it does. You may come to me and just say, oh, Maggie, I write so much better when I'm drunk. No. I used, to say, I used to think the same thing, but it became ugly clear, ugly clear to me that the only thing that changes about my output while drinking is my judgment about my work. Of course, I liked what I wrote. Of course, I wrote more because I was drunk. There's no filter. 
everything that comes out of your mouth, that your pen is fucking gold. Now, I'm definitely not saying that you can't come up with good ideas while inebriated. I totally have done that on occasion. The jazz and blues greats and the artists and the Hemingways and, you know, they do it all the time, right? But they were first insanely good at their craft and didn't rely on the other to have the courage to enter that space of mastery. So that's number one. So before, before you get mad, ask yourself, am I Hemingway yet? No, okay. Moving on. And every time, every time without fail, that drunk work I do, while it could be good, it is not my true best. And I can see that when I sober up and review my work and get really honest and clear about what I've created. Reality can be disappointing, especially when it comes to facing the truth about your art. Go ahead. You have full permission to totally loathe reality. But understand, while the alcohol will make you feel exempt from reality, the irony is that you're still operating within the exact reality that you hate. Your level of inebriation only affects your perception of that reality, right? Your reality is still the same until you actually change it. Which you have every power to do, by the way, if you want to, though. You have to want to. You got to choose to. So if your reality is the same, whether you drink or not, then your perception of that reality is the only thing that changes based on that decision. So the grand catalyst is your brain. You can choose to perceive your reality any way you want by adjusting what evidence you're looking for. Alcohol need not apply. Let me say that again. You can choose to perceive your reality any way you want by deliberately looking for evidence to a particular outcome. I will explain what I mean by that. If you're looking for evidence that you can't write a song without being under the influence of something, then you will find that evidence. Your thoughts will continue to follow and expect that pattern, and you will produce the same result you're looking for. On the other side, if you're looking for evidence that you can connect with the right players at a gig while remaining stone-cold sober, then you will find that evidence. Because if you're actively looking for that evidence, guess what? I'm going to bet money that you'll go to as many shows and talk to as many people as possible without drinking alcohol. And your confirmation bias will work in your favor to produce the result. And the more results you produce in that direction, the more you'll start to see the converse that being sloppy drunk to dull your nerves while networking, quote unquote, was actually hurting your chances of connecting with people who could help move your career forward. All because you were looking for evidence in a particular direction, all right? So number two, the second concept, 
is that alcohol does not do a better job than your medication. Now that I do have science to back me up on. All it does is block the processing of emotion. And it's the processing of emotion that allows you to evaluate and realign what you're thinking and to move forward. And while it dulls the feelings, you still have to process them later, right? The clarity, I think, that you can experience on the right medication or combination of will far supersede the feeling of invincibility that you'll have when you're drunk when it comes to creativity. And now I have a question that's like been boggling around in my mind that I want to ask you. It's been haunting me. Do you think that when you're drinking, you're hiding from the full force of your art? Because sometimes I do. Because if drinking shields us from the full forces of emotion, and if art is an expression of the full spectrum of human thought and emotion, then it stands to reason that we are somehow afraid of creating because creation will make us feel that much. And that possibility combined with a neurodivergent lack or surplus of a particular chemical, things can get really intense. No wonder there's a lot of us who struggle maintaining good relationships with alcohol and mental health and artistry. So um, you can tweet or DM me your thoughts about that question because I'd really like to know your thoughts. I, is drinking a way of hiding from the very art that we're trying to create? I'd love to hear your answers. Um, I'm at SteelMaggieHQ on Twitter or Instagram, um, link will be in the description box, um, but I steal at Steel Maggie HQ. That question is, is drinking a way of hiding from the very art we're trying to create? I want as many answers as possible. Um, so moving on, I really resisted taking medication. I thought that my creativity came from that wild sad girl thing. I thought it came from the experiences I had and the person I was while drunk. I thought that being on a medication, particularly a mood stabilizer, would take that away from me. And remember that that was my identity, right? Wild sad girl. I'd thought that if I took, especially a mood stabilizer, that I'd become so dull that I couldn't write the way I used to. But, um, you know, as the story goes, I did start taking it begrudgingly. And I, I found even back then that I still had incredible creativity. Funny that. I decided to take it because I wanted to preserve my actual life. I, I had ideations, but I also knew that I wanted to create so many beautiful things and share them all with the world. And... I know that if I wasn't on medication right now, you almost definitely would not be listening to this podcast. Um, so I wanted to include 
all of that because I know I'm going to do a whole episode on medication. Um, so that's going to happen later, you know, in the future. So we'll definitely dive deeper into that particular element of mental health. I just wanted to include it in the alcohol is not better, does not do a better job than actually being on medication. Little concept there for you. So my challenge to you is this. I ask myself these questions. This is what I do all the time. Whenever you drink, ask yourself, what's the reason I am doing this right now? And you'll have a reason pop into your head. Okay, that's one reason. Do I have another? Maybe another one? Okay. Keep going until there's no more reasons left. But just do it for collection purposes. All That's all I'm asking. Really listen to your brain. I want you to listen to the way it thinks. Listen to the story you tell yourself about alcohol. And by no means do you have to change anything. Just listen. Take note. Don't make your reasons mean anything except the fact that this is what they are and it is your right to have any reason you want. All I ask is just make sure that it's the reason you choose. All right, my friends, that was a deep one. Thank you for your ears and your brains because this is important shit. I will see you again next week for my first podcast interview featuring my brilliant producer, John McLucas. It's going to be a can't miss hangout. So please subscribe or follow this podcast, Mind Made Wrong, from wherever you're listening. And next week, the interview will be right at your fingertips or at your mouse click tips wherever you listen until then let's go create beautiful things bye-bye